When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Abzak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. One of my favorite characters on the show and in the book is Brendan Tully, the Blackfish. Clive Russell plays him on the show, and yep, as is often the case, the story plays out a little different. He is that uh, he is there at the Red Wedding on the show. He's not in the books. A bathroom break takes him out, but whatever. The core of the character remains. From the moment you meet him in the book at the Bloody Gate, whether you meet him in the show where he's, <laughs> where he's uh, launching the flaming arrow to uh, send Hostetelli to a proper uh, funeral because Edmer can't do it, uh, he is great. Clive Russell is that perfect, crusty, old Game of Thrones war veteran that we do like. But season six is two of my favorite moments with him because they're so frustrating, but they're also so of his character and who he is. And that is in episode seven, The Broken Man. When Jamie Lannister parlays with the Blackfish, trying to spare him the bloodshed and, and, and take back what in some ways isn't the Blackfish's anymore, which is the, uh, the, the Tully homestead, and also uh, is uh, Brendan's through and through, and is, is his in the, to the bitter end. And I love that moment because I love how Blackfish stands up to Jamie, even though it's not smart. And I love the frustration. And Jamie Lannister, because I think he has some respect for the Blackfish. He has to. He's this, this warrior with a lot of history there. I I think that uh, there is a, a mutual respect there in a weird way, though Brendan doesn't show it as much. And I think still looks down on the Lannisters as a whole. But I love that moment because because Blackfish holds true, and and I wouldn't expect him to bow to uh, bow to uh, Jamie Lannister right there on the drawbridge. I think he he knows that he does have somewhat of Blackfish knows he has somewhat of an advantage locked behind those walls. He can wait out a siege two years. I'll tie you up all you want. So I love that moment for the truth, the the holding to the core of the Blackfish. But then it frustrates me even more uh, with episode eight, uh, the episode no one, where Brienne arrives in River Run, sent by Sansa. And she tries to persuade Brendan to surrender, leave, and go more to the real war. And I, 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 I thought seeing how the show would turn out a little different than the books, right? It plays out a little different. I I thought maybe Brendan would listen to Brienne because it's from Sansa. It's from his family. And maybe they're, uh, maybe, maybe that means something more. I, I again, get he's not going to uh, surrender to Jamie, but the concept of surrender may be easier when it's from Brienne, Sansa, the Starks, the bonds that are there. And the need for him and his warriors in the north. Give up this castle. We don't need it. We got problems up there. And this is not even, you know, factoring the Night King. If they had known that, would Brendan have gone? Would that have been the fight he wanted to seek? But Brendan, Tully, Blackfish stays true to his character in this scene as well. 
and he holds his position. He's going to stay in this castle. He's going to die in this castle, and we know he does. And it's Edmer that screws him up on that. More on that shortly. But again, this moment, it's so frustrating because I wanted the Blackfish to run away. I wanted to be part of the bigger battle north and then maybe factor in the Great War to come. It's a wonderful character to have around, but as in uh, is often the case in Game of Thrones, those characters that are our favorites aren't meant to be around for a long time. So here's to you, Blackfish, holding true to your character, no matter who's talking to you, no matter what the cause, you're going to go down swinging like the Blackfish does. Hey, Ken, so another scene I definitely wanted to talk about from season six, and that's seeing Edmure again. Um, Edmure, Tur- Edmure uh, Tully, we, we see him for a second. You know, Walter Frey says, let's remind everyone who really did get married at the Red Wedding. And, but I'm talking about the scene in particular between him and Jamie in the tent where Edmure's like, I have a wife I haven't seen since our wedding day. I have a son who I've never even met. And then, you know, Jamie flat out says to him, if you don't do what I ask, I'm going to take that son and catapult him into this castle. Now, Edmure took a lot of a lot of flack online. A lot of people were mad at him. But you got to think about his position here. If someone said that to you, I'm going to take your child and do this, he didn't really have that much of a choice. I mean, I think any parent would do what they had to do, you know, to save, you know, their son. So I, I, I sympathized with him in, in that moment. Um, and it really was a good scene between him and Jamie at uh, River Run. Eric, you're right. Edmer returns in season six. We had wondered, would we ever see Edmer again? Was he rotten away in a marriage bed? Trapped with Rosalind Frey? Uh, just when you're thinking, well, that's no, 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 that's not bad. No, no, no. Consummated, got her pregnant, and then into a prison cell beneath the twins, indeed, for Edmer, where he'd been rotting away and pulled out as a... Um, sort of hostage, uh, though Blackfish, I think Blackfish would have, wouldn't have cared either way if they killed Edmer or not at that moment there. And then we have the Jamie and Edmer scene, and it is an interesting scene because, like you said, Eric, Edmer took some flack, and, and he's a character that's kind of a bumbling, portrayed maybe, not a bumbling fool, but he, he doesn't always have the best thoughts and doesn't always have the best results. He's not as, uh, as skilled as some of his other comrades around the Game of Thrones world. But here he is with Jamie. And it's one of those moments where Jamie Lannister goes quiet and goes real. And I love those little scenes and I love those little moments. I think we really first get that actually in season one in some of his conversations with Ned, the whole, uh, you know, Ned telling him you choose your opponents wisely, all those kind of things before. The events when they fight in the street. There's just some moments with Jamie where, you know, you start to see see beyond the bad guy face in the conversation with Robert Baratheon, Barristan Selmy. We've talked about that here on Daily Thrones, talking about his first kill, transitions, and what the Mad King said. But season two, I think it really starts to pick up where this bad guy Jamie has speaks these hard truths and these truths that we don't want to accept. He speaks them to Catelyn Stark when he's a prisoner. And I think he starts to, uh, that, that builds and builds and then the bathtub scene with Brienne. And that's what really starts to transition how we feel about Jamie on this show. But it's a scene with Edmer that's interesting because it was one of those moments, again, Jamie speaking quiet, hard truths, just being realistic, where you start to side with him. 
But then he was a different Jamie. He was motivated. He's probably trying to make Cersei happy, but also angry that he's trying to make Cersei happy. And he's got Edmer, hapless Edmer in front of him. And he just straight out threatens him and gets his way. But it's a smart move from Jamie. It is uh, true to his character. And in a weird way, it's true to Edmer. Edmer didn't have a lot of credibility and currency in this world. And he was put in a very tough situation. And I don't know. I think other characters, well, the Blackfish would have said, just kill me. I think a lot of other characters might have done the same thing as Edmer. I think Edmer is a character that receives a lot of uh, harsh criticisms at the time. We can be hard on Edmer. I think at the end of the day, he's a good guy. And he's put in a tough situation. And you got Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, right there in front of you speaking these hard truths. Hard truths that usually lead to Jamie getting his way. There was an edge to Jamie Lannister that I hadn't seen for a long time. That's why this scene, this moment sticks out to me. So why the focus, uh, you recall... Eric is on Edmer and seeing Edmer again in this tough situation he's in. I look at Jamie Lannister in this scene. We'll see where this leads. This is a building block to the next version of Jamie. And we've seen that in, in season seven. I think I think he had found himself. Look, I did I took back River Run for you. Look, Jamie. Look, look, Cersei. I'm Jamie Lannister. And then no, not so much. And that's why he ends up walking away in seven. So we'll see if this Jamie ever returns. Or is it a Jamie completely changed by the events of season seven? Again, Kevin Ross. So one of those little moments I want to see in season eight is will Bronn and Drogon ever have a moment together? Remember, uh, Bronn is the one that fired the scorpion and Drogon did see him and uh, Bronn did hurt him. So will those two ever have a little moment of either respect or I'm staying away from that thing or... Uh, Drogon ends up saving Bronn and, you know, or, you know, does something like at the, uh, what we saw in the Avengers, you know, Bronn and Drogon are, are kind of together and Drogon just kind of like nudges him like the Hulk did to Thor. Like, okay, you hurt me, pop, I got you a little bit, buddy, paid you pack. What do you think? Thanks. Will Bronn and Drogon have a reunion? That's a great question, Kevin. Check his out his channel, Three Cocktail Questions. It is uh, always a fun ride over there with Kevin and his theories and his thoughts. But uh, this is this is a weird one that I love. Will Drogon and Bronn make up? Will Drogon forgive Bronn? Or will Drogon just burn him upon seeing him? That might be the best answer. But I don't want Bronn to go that way. It also reminds me of how much that moment of Bronn facing down Drogon with a scorpion... Uh, uh, at Bronze power, at his control there. What a wonderful moment because you were rooting for both characters simultaneously. The tension of that scene. Hey, will there be some kind of callback to that? Eventually, you think they're all going to team up. Bronn will have to get involved in this fight, this War for the Dawn. I'd hate to see him not involved. So will he look over at Drogon and hope and wish that the dragon will forget and forgive him? Or at least just forgive him. Good questions. 
That's Daily Thrones for this day. If you have something you want to see in Season 8, we're talking about little moments we want to see. Also talking about our favorite moments in Season 6, Season 7. And if there's something I've missed of Seasons 1 through 5 or 1 through 5 and a half from what I've covered, just let me know here on Daily Thrones. Call on in. The Daily Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And call in. Love to hear new voices here and spread the word on Daily Thrones here on Anchor.